Welcome to the Next Level Business Podcast. This is your host, Tony Kane. So as a business coach, it's my job to give you the tools, the tips, and the motivation for you to take your business and your life to the next level. And each and every week, I bring you a new guest who's been in your shoes, guests that have started, scaled, and now own really successful businesses. And I like to get into their heads and figure out what made them so successful. So before we get started today, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to the School for Life Foundation. Annabelle and the team there, they raise money to build schools and help more children in Uganda to go to school. So it's a sad fact, but only 7 out of 10 kids in Uganda actually finish primary school. So the team there, they raise money and enable people to actually sponsor kids to go to and finish school. So it's a great organisation. And if you have the capacity, I'd love for you to head over to schoolforlife.org, sponsor a child, and you'll be able to watch them go to and complete school. I guarantee you it's the most fulfilling thing that you'll do this year. So thanks so much for the team at School for Life Foundation. And now let's get into today's episode. So if you're listening to this podcast, you obviously want to make money, you want to grow your business, which is super important. And that's what we're all here for. And that's what this podcast was designed to do, to give you the tools and the strategies to help you grow your business and grow your wealth. But today I wanted to step to the side and focus on your mental health. I've got in two experts today. I've got Dan Hunt and Ashton Sims. So Dan owns a business called the Mental Health Movement. And what these guys do is they go all around Australia helping small to medium organisations as well as big companies. They've worked with BHP. They want to help people that work for organisations have the best mental health as possible. So you're really going to enjoy today. If you own a business, today's episode is going to give you an indication of how important mental health is to the success of of the people in your organization. Strap in, I hope you really enjoy today's podcast. So Dan, Ashton, thanks for joining me today, boys. Big tones, good to uh, to see you, it's been a a while. Obviously, what we did, uh, 2007, 2008, we we come through the ranks together. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. Like, for the listeners out there and the people who are watching this, usually I'd be in the middle of these two blokes about to pack a scrum. <laughs> um, but but uh, unfortunately, uh, COVID's made us be separate. But so I need to know, boys. So what, what's, how have you two come together and what are you up to at the moment? So, yeah, look, we obviously, I started MHM probably five years ago now um, with, with my, my wife. And we've kind of, yeah, we just sort of said yes to everything to start with. It, and it's grown exponentially. It's become a company now. We've got 14 team members. Um, and look, pre-COVID, we travelled all throughout Australia delivering what we call our mental health workplace blueprint, uh, which is the four stages, awareness, education, training and resources. Um, and look, we just, uh, we wanted people that, that, that hard, like, I guess, hard workers, mm-hmm. the power of story, lived experience that wanted to, wanted to help people. And it kind of organically grew naturally. First, it was Chris Houston, Big Houso, uh, come on board. Uh, he, he was probably the first one. And then uh, Simsy, which he'll fill you in, but he, he finished up after 17 years in the, in, in the top grade and hit us up uh, at the end of last year. And I remember, like, I hadn't seen him for probably five years because he'd been overseas, but we obviously grew up and come through the ranks together and it was yeah. like no time had passed and just seeing how passionate he was, it was, it was, it was brilliant. So, um, and then Simsy, yeah, started all his training sort of last year. He'd done some stuff overseas in small business and counseling and yeah, he, he, he's, he's hit the ground running this year and absolutely on fire now. Like he's out in the workplace, he's speaking to tens of thousands of people and, and reaching people and people are loving him. So it, it's, I guess one thing that has been awesome in COVID, it's got us closer yep. uh, than ever. But I think we were saying about it the other day, what you learn in footy. And we, I actually had a, a conversation with a dude in the military about transitioning and how players transition and things like that. But 
we've kind of created a very similar environment to what we had when we we're playing. Like we still get up in the morning and train together. We win the morning and then we prep ourselves for the day. We crack in with work. Um, and, and then we go and enjoy our time with our, our family. And, and look, we still have a beer and enjoy ourselves, but um, it's just it's just like-minded people doing like-minded things and we're absolutely loving it. Boys, I love that. So for the listeners out there, I, I know what you guys do, obviously, but what what is the mental health movement and who's it designed for, boys? Yeah, sweet. Well, you, you have a crack. Yeah, well, look, man, look, um, Dan just said, we, we go around Australia helping create, develop, maintain mentally healthy, supportive workplaces. And we do that, as Dan said, through our four-stage blueprint, which is around awareness, education, training, resources. But also what we do is promote help-seeking behaviours, understanding that it is okay to go through mental health struggles. Mental health struggles, it is all part of the human experience. But you know what? It is also okay to put your hand up seeking support. Seeking support doesn't mean you're less of a man, less of a woman, less of a husband, less of a, uh, a wife, less of a co-worker. It just means you want to be doing better than you currently are. And trying to break down that negative stigma around people going through mental health struggles, promoting help-seeking behaviours, as I said before, but it's one thing that we, you know, we really value ourselves on is, is getting out in that workplace, you know, because we don't, we don't know what we don't know. We haven't been educated this stuff in school. Yep. You know, anyway, you know, we're just doing the best we can with the knowledge that we've got. But if we can promote um, some more knowledge, you know, get some more mental health literacy in the workplaces, the better work um, co-workers we're going to be, but also the better husbands, um, you know, better fathers, better mothers, better wives, um, the better people we're going to be on a day-to-day basis. And I think like our, our core business early on, TC, was obviously big, like big, big business. So like some of our big clients have been like Bluescope, CR32, Chet, uh, BHP, uh, Glencore. So yep. some really big companies, which now uh, with, with COVID, look, who's been probably impacted the most other than the individual and the community? Small to medium business. And that's the, I guess, the, the area that you're getting into because they don't necessarily have the budgets for the training. They don't have a HR person. They don't have a safety person. And they don't really know. They're all just doing the best with what they got. They're trying to keep their shit together mm-hmm. as well as looking after, say, five to 15 people. Mm. And when you run a small business, their problem's your problem. So being able to now in COVID adapt our big blueprint, which we still do, it's still our core business, but being able to adapt that to support the small to medium businesses and the sporting clubs. So um, we've been able to tap in, and it's just as a pilot down here with Group 7 and the Illawarra um, District Rugby League footy clubs. And, trying, and, and we're providing what we do with the blueprint into the, into the community as well, um, which, look, we're, we're getting some, some great results with it. But what we do a little bit differently is there's the clinical aspect of things and the, the, the professional clinical support, which it's all on a big continuum, as you can kind of see behind us. But we do the whole continuum. The, you, you have to be reactive. When someone breaks down, they're in crisis, they may be suicidal and you have to react to it. And we've got the, the really good organisations, psychologists, psychiatrists, the headspace, the lifelines, the beyond blues. But what about the other end of the continuum? People don't realise that if you've got a brain in your head, you've got a mental health. And the better you look after your mental health, the better you look after yourself. And the better you be able to deal with what life throws at you. But people don't know that. They think mental health and mental illness are the same thing. So we come in from the proactive early intervention side of things, exactly what you're doing with your small business, small to medium business coaching, providing them the tools to better cope, to better deal with what life throws at them, to be better versions of themselves at home, at work, with themselves, so that when they do struggle, they're better prepared to be able to deal with it and cope with it and not necessarily get to the crisis point. That's, that's the, the, the beauty of what we're trying to, to achieve as well. Boys, I love that. And I remember a few years back, I went through a really tough 
time in business. It was just, uh, it was a shit show, right? Everything. But on the outside, it looked great. You know, I've got two kids and blah, blah, blah. And people think because you're doing a selfie in Bali that you're flying. But internally, you're sort of going, fuck, like you just never stop. And I remember I went to see someone and it's been an absolute game changer for me. And I wish, I would love for everyone that I knew to know, to know that I went and saw someone because it's, it's my life is fundamentally better because I reached out to someone and I just love the fact that you guys and, and many others are changing the narrative of the big, and you, you know, there's not too many bigger macho fellas than you two, but you're not afraid to say, or you're not afraid to teach people to say, you know what, I'm actually really struggling. And uh, if I don't get on top of this, this is, this is going to, uh, this isn't going to really uh, end out uh, end well. So I, um, I applaud you to start with and boys like, Businesses out there, right? They'll they'll get consultants like myself in, and they'll get um, they'll pay a fortune for accountants and marketing and stuff. But I just I just hope from listening to this that more business owners would actually realise the importance of what you guys do in in an equal fashion to a marketing or a business consultant. Because if you've got sad and and unhappy employees, it's sort of a, it's the beginning of the end in some respects, isn't it? Well, it's funny you say that. And I look at, like, my wife owns two beauty salons and they were closed for nearly three months, which was, which hit hard. And obviously, JobKeeper helped and things like that. But JobKeeper doesn't, it helps you financially. It doesn't help you the morale, the the mood, the, the all those different things. And you, you look at a footy team and I know that that's probably where we spent most of our time, as, as did you, but that translates into business. It, it translates into life. And if you're off the field and the, there's fighting going on amongst the team, the coaching staff don't give a shit about you, the, I don't know, the, the, the equipment's all old and, and, and it's just, there's just no morale there, that, that translates onto the field. But what people don't realise is we, some of the stuff that we're doing, some of the improvements that we're seeing isn't just in improving people's mental health. When you improve someone's mental health, you're going to have safer workers because they're going to be in a better headspace. They're going to be thinking, acting, and feeling better. So yeah. we've got results like lowering uh, safety incidents in the workplace. Uh, we're increasing help-seeking behaviours, so people seeking support when they need it. Yeah. But you've got other workers. You know when you come into work and you notice someone's just a little yeah. bit off, and you're like, fuck, what's going on? Like, yeah. nah, he's, right. just yeah. fuck, he's probably yeah. just hung or he's had a bad day or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. But what we say, a change, it might be the bad day, but it might be more than that. And a change is worth a check-in. But if you've got people that can identify that in your workplace, start that conversation and provide them the platform to know it's okay to struggle. But look, here's where you go and seek the support. I'll help you through that. You, you, you know what I mean? You, you're getting a better culture. You're creating better leadership. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's a better place to be. So let's get tactical, boys. Like what, just so I'll, I'll, the goal for me on this podcast is, well, I just want to help as many people out. So what are, what do you find at the moment? Why are people struggling mentally? What, what's the triggers and what's, what's causing a lot of people to have some mental health issues at the moment? Well, obviously the, the elephant in the room is COVID. You know what yeah. I mean? We, this is our, this is our global pandemic. This is, you know, we weren't, we were too young for, you know, the, the great depression. We were yeah. too young for world war one, world war two. Um, but this is this really is something that stopped the whole you know stopped the world on its feet. And yep. um, what people are struggling with also is you know the unknown, the uncertainty when COVID's going to finish, finish when the borders are going to shut. We're talking to people. Uh, well, sorry, we're facilitating to companies now where some of their workers haven't seen family for four months. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just it's some it's really unheard of in in those jobs. I understand FIFO is a really tough place to um, to work in at times. 
Um, but not seeing your family for that long, you know, usually you're not seeing your family for two to three weeks, but all of a sudden it's been four months. So it's hitting people uh, in different ways. And I just think that, you know, as I said before, the unknown, the uncertainty of COVID, what's coming up next? When's, every, when's everything going to go back to some kind of normal? You know, our new normal won't be the, won't be the old normal. Yep. Um, but, you know, what, what we literacise on and what we, you know, facilitate on is, you know, early intervention leads to better outcomes. Being proactive, looking after your mental health, because understanding that you do have a mental health, and, you know, that we need to be proactive and accountable, looking after it, managing it. What's in your daily routine? And, you know, what, what's your daily structure? How consistent you are with it? Um, get, finding some new things to replace some of the old some of the old things that we used to enjoy doing that have been taken away from us. Yep. You know, going to the gym has been taken away from us, but instead of not exercising anymore, just finding things that you can do um, to help replace those feelings that you got from there. Obviously, social um, the, the, the social disconnection, you know, not being able to see anyone face-to-face, but using exactly what we're doing here now, Zoom, FaceTime, you know, phone calls, just trying to replace the things that, that gave us in the past uh, with, with some new things to, to keep us going in the future. Another thing that I, I talk about as well, Tone, so I'll introduce you to this. It's just one of our tangible tools that uh, we created as, as front rows, but, it, it's very, <laughs> uh, but it's very simple and effective. And the thing about it is you can't see your mental health, right? So you can't show me your brain and show me how your mental health's going. So what do you use to check in with yourself? So this is our mental health continuum. Yep. So in the green, you've got healthy. The yellow, you've got sliding. Orange, you've got struggling. And the red, you've got ill. So we're all on this continuum because we've all got a mental health. Yep. And yep. the things that we go through in life, the contributing factors, the change, the challenge, the adversity, the shit we go through in life that affects our mental health, they're the things that slide us down this continuum. The things that Ashley was just saying, the uncertainty, uh, the fear, the, the not being able to be socially connected, not being able to do what we usually did. But look at this. All the shit that everyone goes through, the financial struggles, family, relationships, kids, work, illness, grief, loss. We all go through that on a day-to-day basis, running a business. What COVID's done, it's come in and added a whole nother layer of stress, fear, anxiety. 75% of the Australian population are drinking more to deal with that as well, which adds a whole nother layer. I think, what is it, 25, uh, 40% of relationships are experiencing breakdowns yeah, and yeah. an increase. But people that spent most of their time up here in the green and the yellow, Okay, so they manage themselves pretty well. COVID so Dan, sorry, Dan, just for the listeners out there, so what Dan's saying is people who at the moment uh, you know, were potentially you know, constantly healthy and were okay, are you sort of alluding to Dan that they're now tipping over into that sort of danger yeah. zone? COVID slid us down and they're down in the struggling. But yep. the thing that is, we've never been taught how to deal with that. We're in a new landscape with an old map. We've still got the got to grab a tissue, uh, get on with it, get over it and hide yeah. nothing. We've yeah. still got that mentality, suck it up, princess, have a cup of concrete. Yep, yep. Suicide rates, the, the ABS just released the new suicide statistics and, and they've gone up, unfortunately, which is heartbreaking. But it's when individuals get to the point of taking their own life or attempting to take their own life, it's not that they don't want to be here necessarily or that mm-hmm. they want to hurt their loved ones or family members. Mm-hmm. It's that they're no longer coping. And they're in that much pain that they want it to end. And that's the only option they see. So the antidote to suicide is helping people cope and providing people hope. Yep. And, 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 and that's, that, that's a, obviously there's, there's other elements around that and variables and things like that. But as a, as a general consensus, that's where things are at. And look, we're happy to share the continuum and a few other tools with you so you can share with your listeners sure. as well. But in a nutshell, yeah. That'd be brilliant. And boys, what I, what I love about, that and one of the things that I talk about 
to people is we're all so rushed. I think um, the world's changing where, you know, our parents, they, they, they left school. They got whatever job they could. They, they punched out 40 years and, and they just all they wanted to do was retire at 60 so they could put the queue in the rack and, and hopefully go on a go on a P&O cruise here and there and, you know, have a bit of fun. Maybe <laughs> going, going on the, the, what is it, the Ruby Princess? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, and, and, and I think what, what I'd love for my listeners and your clients and, and everyone out there to realise is that the, the time frames are, are far more extended. Like, I have a genuine belief, boys, that, and this is not me, I'm not a doctor, but I, I read a shitload and the research coming out of the US is that people of, you know, the Gen X, Y, and Z, we're going to sort of live to 100 plus, 110. So it doesn't matter if we don't, if, if we don't find our dream job today, because we don't need to retire at 60. We can, we can just, you know, relax a bit today, knowing that we've got a lot longer to sort our shit out. And I think that, that what you touched on there, Dan, about that people where there's no hope, or oh, I love to give people a vision to say, okay, we know, we know that our world's been turned upside down, but it doesn't matter if this whole year is a write-off because we can still achieve all of our, all our goals and dreams. It might take a little bit longer, but Hey, what's, what's the rush? We've got lots of time. And what you're doing there, Tony, is you're taking, uh, whether it's self expectation or the expectation of society, social media, all this stuff, you're taking that off that individual, which in, in, in that uh, aspect is a really good thing. And there's something that I'll, I'll share. When, when I was diagnosed in 2010 with type two bipolar, um, like it was kind of the line in the sand for me. Uh, it gave me uh, some context and clarity that the ups and downs, how I felt, my moods, my personality, the substance use issues, all the things that I went through gave, it wasn't a label, it just gave me some some, some understanding. Yep. And from yep. that line in the sand, I, I went and sought support. I had to go to rehab, I had to put a whole range of things in place. But the psychologist that took me to, to find the, the right psychologist for myself, um, and anyone out there, if that first one doesn't work out, please do not give up. Get a second opinion. Find the one that works for you. Yep. But when I started to talk to this psychologist, for me, it was like, fuck, I've got to get my shit together. I've got to get back on the field. I've got to be this. I've got to be that. And I'm like yep. trying to figure it all out and get it all done straight away. Because like I'm not allowed to struggle. I'm not supposed to be. I'm supposed to be the tough front row. I'm not supposed to be struggling. So she said something to me. She goes, what are you running towards? What's your rush? And I said, well... I don't know. I just thought that's what you got to do. Mm. And she goes, There's no finish line. She goes, when it comes to managing your mental health or a mental illness or managing yourself in life, there's no finish line. I said, what do you mean? She goes, well, you finish footy, you're going to transition into something else. She goes, and then you transition out of work and retire like what you said, and you put the cue in the rack, but do you really put the cue in the rack? The, the idea that we get sold that once we retire, we go to a desert island and sit pina coladas, well, you do that for two weeks and you fucking, you, your health will be up shit. <laughs> exactly. The whole point about life as a human being is finding exactly as you said, an identity, purpose and belonging in what you do and do that as long as you can. Simsy, I, 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 I love that you said that, Dan. And I, um, as I used to be a financial advisor for a long period of time and I used to spend all day, every day getting these people, the outcomes that they thought they want, but they didn't want. And that was the retire at 65. And you know, to the, to the button, right? I could guarantee I'd get someone and we'd do the big handshake and the cuddle in the boardroom. Yeah, you've made it. Congratulations. And it took about 90 days for them to go, oh, mate, I'm just going to, I don't need to pull out as much out of my pension because I've decided to go back and do something, you know, part-time work. And I, I was actually on a podcast with a, a girl from Barcelona just before. And she, I was talking about this problem. And I know that your, a lot of your clientele are in that sort of 20s and 30s range where 
I gave her an example, right? She said, oh, how am I ever going to retire? I said, well, I said, well, let's assume that you wanted to retire and you wanted a thousand dollars a week, right? In Australia right now to generate a thousand dollars a week, you would need to have a million dollars cash in a super fund, right? Which is freaking hard, <laughs> right? On top of having a house and, and shit like that. So I said, but it's in an aggressive fund and it's just been wiped out. Like COVID, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so I said, but for someone who's educated and they're skilled for you to um, do a freelance project to generate a thousand dollars a week is, is, is not impossible. And I said, would it be the end of the world if you were in your sixties and you're sitting on a beach and you said, and you haven't a pina colada, but you said, I've got to go into the hotel room for an hour to punch out a proposal. Yeah. I still look at that. That's what I think our retirement will look like. So what I'm getting to there is for your clients and my listeners, I don't want people to feel like if COVID's been an absolute blackout and they're starting again, it's still cool. They could have two more COVIDs and they're still going to be more than sweet. I just, I just wish more people would, would understand that and, and believe that. Yeah. And look, with the transition, I'll get Simsy to something that he's believed in from day dot with the routine structure and consistency. Yeah. And whether you're in a global pandemic, whether you're growing up in domestic violence, like those, there's little things that can help you through that. And I'll get him to fill it in. It's brilliant. Yeah. Well, look, I, I just, I really believe in, you know, early intervention leading to better outcomes as in, you know, putting some stuff in for yourself today to help you in the future. Unfortunately, like Dan said, you know, you don't get resilience handed to you for your for birthday or for Christmas. Yeah. Uh, it's something that you've got to work on every single day. It's like a muscle. There is no finish line. It's not a sprint. It's not a marathon. It's a journey, a process that we've got to look after our, ourselves day to day. And, you know, we've had a couple of people in our uh, resilience. So we do a resilience workshop. And we are, one of the questions we ask is, what is resilience? What does resilience look like to you? And, and a couple of people have said, oh, resilience just means doesn't, not, not struggling. And not that we, we pull them up and say, no, it's not. Mm. But part of resilience is going through struggles. Part of resilience yep. is going yep. through that fucking shit in life yep. that sometimes just rips that carpet out from under you. But understanding resilience is around persevering through adversity and not giving up. And sometimes, well, a lot of the times, persevering through adversity and not giving up is understanding that we don't have to do it alone. Understanding that, you know, I know Dan said it before and you touched on it there, suicide statistics and rates, they're the highest they've ever been. But you know what's the highest it's ever been as well? Support, support networks yep. out there, yep. whether it's professional support, whether it's your social support. Um, you know, when we say social support, that's those sporting clubs, you know, the men shed, she shed, um, Barstool Brothers, all the community organisations, understanding that, you know, as humans, we're meant to evolve, we're meant to be connected. And COVID has taken that off us. It is getting a bit better now. You know, we're, we're able to go out and have dinner. We're able to converse with uh, family members and friends. And that's what we really encourage because sometimes that disconnection, that disconnection can lead to isolation. That isolation can lead to loneliness. And unfortunately, loneliness, that can lead to you know, things like depression and anxiety. And I'm not trying to scare the fuck out of anyone by saying it here, but just staying connected, understanding who's in your support network. Have a think to yourself now, who's those people that you can turn to in your time of need? I love then, it. Do you reckon, boys, that sometimes the best gifts come badly wrapped? And like, <laughs> what I, I, I sort of, I, I read books about post-great depression and the prosperity was endless and people were just so much and you touched on it there their resilience levels by going through and surviving that great depression everything for their rest of their life was easy and i sort of feel like if we can just get through this the whatever comes comes and hits us down the track we're like we conditioned for it we've been through that we know that we got through it and we'll get through it again so i sort of feel like that and 
and, and what I was going to ask you there, boys, is what are some of those prevent preventative measures? Like, is it is it exercise? What what are you talk about? If someone maybe feels like they are okay, but they they don't want to get worse, what are, what are we helping those people to do? Yeah, no, it's brilliant, Tone, and, and obviously, what we say if you're down in that red and the orange, and it's been a longer period of three weeks, and, and you're just not your usual self, and you're not bouncing back. That's the indicator. It's time to seek the clinic for professional help and make some changes. Sorry, Dan. So, that's you sort of use a three-week type of measure. If you're if you're feeling pretty ordinary all day, every day for three weeks, is that sort of? Yeah. So yeah, that's what the clinical professionals work off. If, okay. If, if if how you usually think, act, and feel has changed, and yep. it's been going on for a period of longer than three weeks. Yep. The things that you usually do, you aren't doing anymore, or. Yep. You do it, but they're still not making you feel any better. Yep. That's an indicator that you don't have to do it on your own. And it is time to reach out for that professional clinical support. Awesome. But when it comes to just managing your mental health, best practice, research-backed and clinically validated is obviously the, the seven research-backed coping strategies. Um, so we've got exercise, uh, which is, as, as we know, you don't have to go and pump iron. It's just yep. getting, the body, get it, getting the body moving. Yep. Uh, we've got sunlight, getting out and getting the vitamin D. Like, yep. obviously right amounts of exposure if you, yeah. your skin types and skin stuff types, but yeah. it helps with your circadian rhythm which then in turn helps with your sleep sleep is a massive one and it's probably one of the biggest indicators to go when you are going through a mental health struggle you'll either be sleeping too much or not sleeping enough uh we've also got talk therapy so getting it out of here and talking to the people that you trust around you so you don't have to create the scenarios in your head and worry and, and those different things so talking to the people uh, around you We've also got gratitude. So focusing on what you do have and what you are doing, not focusing on what you don't have, what you're not doing or what everyone else is doing. Yep. For, for me, comparison was the thief of joy. So looking at everyone else, I just wanted to focus on what worked for me. But if comparison is looking up to Michael Jordan or Arnold Schwarzenegger, as Simsy does, that's a good thing. But if you're jumping on social media feeling like shit and you're scrolling through and you're comparing yourself going, well, I'm not doing that, I'm not mm -hmm. doing that and it's making it worse, we've got to keep that away from Protective that. Factors, yeah. We've also got mindfulness. And look, meditation is a form of mindfulness, but mindfulness is being present in the moment, not worrying about the past and the future um, and, and putting yourself in the moment. I, I think I've got all of them there. Yeah, and then um, there's also the last one is around nutrition. nutrition. So what you put in your body. So without boring it with, with too much, but 75% of serotonin, so serotonin, which is a neurotransmitter in our brain that regulates our moods and our focus, 75% of that is stored or produced in our gut track, in our stomach. So you might've heard the old, the old phrase, you know, I've got a gut feel on this. Yeah, that's where it comes from. So just have a think to yourself, if you're feeling your body full of drugs, alcohol, cigarettes, um, caffeine, fried food, you know, takeaway food, that's gonna have an effect on the way, we, the way you think, the way you act and the way you feel. So Tony, for your listeners, what we will do, only because we love you, um, so we've got a, a little thing called our pearls. So it's a, and our, our, our psychologist, Cecilia Gilder, she did a PhD on it um, around positive coping strategies and their positive impact on your mental health. So it's, it's, it's had a PhD done on it. What it is, the PEARLS is an acronym. So the P stands for pleasure. So these, these elements of this acronym, they're human needs that need to be met. Yep. And when we meet these human needs, we will be a better version of ourselves. So the P is pleasure. We need to find things and do things that we find pleasure in more often than not. Yep. Yep. Eat, exercise. We need to get the heart rate up. We need to get the body moving more often than not. They say 30 minutes of, of moderate physical activity a day 
like it, it gives you enough good brain chemistry for the, for the day. Yep. Um, then we've got the A, which is achievement. So human beings need to have a sense of achievement, whether it's getting up and making your bed. For some individuals that might be really struggling, just getting up, having a shower and brushing your teeth. Yep. It might be teaching your kids how to ride a bike. It might be mowing your lawns and whippersnipper and hosing. It might be getting that degree. It might be starting your own business as you did. But getting that sense of achievement, whatever it is, it releases the good chemicals yep. in our brain. Uh, then we've got the R, so relaxation. Uh, whatever that is, it, whether it's meditating, mindfulness, yoga, whether it's going to have a sauna, going for a swim, going down the beach, taking your dogs down the park, something that helps you relax. Uh, then we've got L for laughter. Laughter is the best medicine. Yeah. When we're having a good laugh, you're not really thinking about anything no. else, are you? No. And then the last one is social connection, which obviously has changed in COVID, but it's staying connected with the people around you. We are a community being and we need to be connected with people. Um, the key with the pearls is, is finding an activity where you can kind of hit a few of them in, yeah. the, one, in the one activity. So, We've got an old gentleman, he's 67, not the 67s. I oh, know he's 77. 77. Yeah, yeah. And that's not yeah, old either. Right. He's, he's, a, he's a spring chicken. He's right. um, yeah. But he, we just we joined the Shell Harbour Dolphins um, sort of at the, the end of last year. And they're, they're just an all-year-round swimming club. Yeah. So they swim in the ocean pool. And so he's a, a gentleman. He swims all throughout the year. But he goes down every single day. He's obviously retired. He does yep. 20, 20 laps. Yep. He's in the freezing water in winter. Um, he's getting his exercise. He's getting his sense of achievement by doing that. Yeah, yeah, he's talking yeah. and having a laugh with everyone, the social connection, the laughter. He, he's doing that. And then they sit out and soak up all the vitamin D like big lizards. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's getting his relaxation. As you he can is. tell, Ashton sits right next to him. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, Ashton, he, you can't do 20 laps. No way. Um. <laughs> no, 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 no. I just like, do the tournament ten, just like this. <laughs> He's one, of the, no, he's one of the happiest gentlemen we know and, and we've actually spoke to him and he has been through a lot of adversity. Yep. He's actually yep. lost his son um, oh. when he's 20 years old. So, But this is something that um, he, he now promotes. We've put the pearls, we've got the, the PDF and everything and he's printed it out on the board down there and it's the, the Shell Harbour Dolphins yep. pearls. But he's someone that does that. So it might be surfing or fishing or cooking or whatever it is for you, but it's about trying to find what your pearls are and doing them more often than not. I suppose it's... um as a exercise, I suppose if you looked at anyone right now who's struggling, they would probably be not hitting any of those pearls, right? There's no pleasure. There's no exercise. There's no achievement. There's no relaxation. Cause I know when you're struggling, even if you sit on the lounge, you're not relaxing, you know, and then, then there's no, there's none of that sort of, I suppose, significance in their life. So I think that's, I, I love it. I, I think that's brilliant. And I'll, I'll add that to the show notes there, you guys. And, um, and guys, just to, just to cap off, I, I just wanted to check in like, where do, where do my clients and listeners find you? Because I, one of the things you said there, the A in the pearls, I think if I put my business hat on as a business owner, I think that's where a lot of business owners can help their clients achieve that A, that achievement where they, sorry, their staff, pardon me. I mean, like, cause I think that a lot of business owners underestimate how much of a safe place their, their, their place of work is. And people can have fires burning at home but when they get to work, that's that's actually their their sanctuary. And I think if you can give them that achievement there and maybe that pleasure as well, um, I think a lot of business owners out there, there might be a bit of a duty on us to make sure that we're, we're helping our staff out in that front. So so how do they get in touch with you guys? We fill them in with the 43%. Yeah, well, look, Beyond Blue just come out with a statistic saying 43% of Australians who are going through mental health struggles 
reach out to their coworker before anyone else. Why? Probably because we spend so much time at work together. Um, we're probably going through the same problems, but also, you know, maybe if the fires, like you said, are at home, you know, you're not going to talk to your, your partner initially, but you're going to talk to your workmates because you're there. You see that you probably see them as, as much as you see uh, your, your partner or your kids. Um, so when we talk about creating that mentally healthy, supportive workplace, we really mean it and the statistics back it up. Uh, we find that, when, like, like I said, when 43%, nearly half of Australians are going to reach out to them, we know that we need to, um, to, create, uh, to create that safe haven there at work. Absenteeism, which is, a, which is you know, the sickies, that costs the Australian economy around $11 billion a year, which is another statistic that, you know, statistics are statistics, but they don't yep. lie. Yep. But if people are better versed and people are better literacised in mental health, um, better at understanding some, some of the support out there and how to support their co-workers, people are going to come to work, uh, you know, a lot more than, than trying to stay away, um, you, know, you know, taking them sick days from work. I love that. And, and, and sorry, Dan. No, no, I was just, yeah, just saying it was, it's brilliant. It's, um, and for, for listeners out there, you've got to head over to mentalhealthmovement.com.au and I think it's a, there is a genuine onus on, you know, you know, we all want to, every business owner, we want to make money. We want to have profits. Um, but I think if you can work on your culture and creating a, a, a culture where your staff can come in and get that sense of purpose, get that pleasure and get that sense of achievement, it's only going to create more profit. And, and I believe that that creates that, that win-win, you know, where everyone has a win, happy, happy staff, increased profit. So, so boys, firstly, just hats off to what you do. I mean, you know, there's, there's tons of lines of work that you can go into post rugby league. And um, what, what I love about you guys is you've, you've put the money to the side and I'm, of course the money's there, but you, 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 you're, you're making an impact while making an income. And I, I think you, hats off to you for that because uh, you, you, you don't know how many people you've helped and potentially saved, you know, and I, I think that's um, it's the most important thing in life. So keep up, keep up the good fight. I'll, um, I'll, what I'll do, I'll make sure I've got all the stuff in the show notes there. And, and just to finish off, I just want to urge everyone out there who has a business to, if you can help to get a, you know, a supportive workplace environment, I think that's, that's got to be the goal. So thanks. Thanks so much for coming on, gents. I really, really appreciate it. Nah, and well done to you, Tone, for everything you've done. Obviously, we haven't seen you much over the years, but you don't do those pre-seasons uh, all those years ago. The blood, sweat and the tears, that bond, you never lose that. But... Um, Mate, you're definitely out of the three of us. You're looking the the, the youngest. <laughs> hey, I'm sitting down. It gets it gets worse as you go down. Don't worry. <laughs> chest up. That's why I'm chest up. Um. <laughs> you're looking outstanding, mate. mate. Good luck with everything you're doing. Um, we'll send those resources through for your um for your, for your clients and listeners as well. And don't underestimate the role that you're playing in people's lives too, man. You know, you're helping save and change people's lives right there, giving them a vision, giving them a goal, giving them a purpose, understanding that, you know, that they've got something to work towards. So good on you, man. And thank you, listeners. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. There you go. I think that was one of my favourite podcasts. And the reason is, you know, it's, it's, it's all well and good to make money and, and to have profits and grow your business. But... You've got to look after your mental health and it's, it's got to start and finish there. And you've got to look after the, your mental health to make sure that you're in a good spot and you, you're understanding the warning signs. But also, it's a, it's a duty of care for your staff that, you know, if you're, going to, if you're going to be happy to benefit of the upside of growing your business and getting all these people to work their butts off for you, the least you can do is to make sure that while they're working so hard to help you, that you're looking after their mental health. So 
Thanks you so much for listening. It was a bit of a change of tack today, but I feel like it was important. It was it was perfect timing um, in light of what we're going through. So take care, stay safe. I really appreciate you listening and I look forward to catching up on the next podcast.